0: everyone welcome to the SBk betting podcast this is an Aintree festival special we've got a fantastic three days of action coming up up at Liverpool with the grand national itself capping off the weekend that will be on Saturday we've got a a, a podcast dedicated to Saturday coming up but today we're going to focus on the two days preceding which is the Thursday and Friday. We are recording on a mo- on the Monday so we're still a, a couple of days away from final declarations. We want to get this in uh, early so everyone has a, a good uh, view of where the team as ever are looking and I'm pleased that I've got Tom Collins, James Millman, and in particular Ross Miller back with us after what was a sensational weekend from Ross. I was trying to think back whether there's a, been a, a weekend quite like that for you. A tip tipped up a 50 to one winner for the Mayor's offices final at Newbury. And Do was also winning Nap at three to one, but Win My Wings, you committed to following her in you didn't think that that uh, handicap mark rise would have any effect you were right and she delivered in the scottish national at 13 to two. that was just sensational and i just assumed it's just a shame we're not going to see enough christian williams runners at atree this week for you Ross.
1: no if he if could have a run in every race it'd make things easier wouldn't it
0: Yeah, well, there's a couple I'm looking through and Five Star Getaway is quite interesting um, on Friday. But we'll get we'll get to that. Um, And obviously, as I said, we've got the Grand National on Saturday itself. But we're going to we're going to stick to Thursday. um, And what's brilliant about Aintree is that we've got a whole host of grade ones and we get to see horses that have kept freshened up. For this meeting, Miss Cheltenham in, um, specifically. Some horses that are trying to back up from Cheltenham are good runs, poor runs. So it's always quite fascinating to see what horses are coming into this uh, fit and well and healthy. And uh, we're going to start on Thursday with the Manifesto Novices Chase, which is run over two mile four. It is a grade one. Pick Dory for Paul Nichols is one of those fresh horses. He's two to one. Warlord for the Tizards, five to two. Brave Man's game is it stands 100 to 30, but it looks very likely he will head for the three mile novices chase miller's bank is four to one Earn river six to one gin on lime she's doubly entered as well She sixes Manella drama ten to one do your job a winner for the podcast this weekend uh likely that he won't come to this race after trying to back up uh only a few days later so as i say there are a few doubly entered with a couple that have been confirmed for this race and those two are pictoria and warlord um so hence why there's confidence with them in the betting. Ross, I'll come to you first because Pickdory was a friend of yours um, at Kempton where he really was himself at that tr- kind of track. He brilliant jumping and uh, Aintree, I thought, could be a track that would really suit him as well.
1: Yeah, I I thought he was good around Kempton, but I think, I agree, I think Aintree could suit him even better. His two standout pieces of form, firstly over hurdles when he won the Betfair, hurdle at Newbury, flat, left-handed galloping track. And then although he he fell and fell fairly spectacularly, he was putting up a great performance when falling at Newbury earlier in the year. Looked to have Miller's Bank well beaten at the time. Um, Miller's Bank was only a length behind at Kempton, but he was getting £5 that day, so picked £5 better off this time. Good ground looks to suit. I think this will cut up to a fairly small field, and I think that would suit him. He isn't an easy watch. He's a fairly free-going sort, can take a bit of a liberty with a fence, but provided he stands up, and his jumping has looked to get better. Harry Cobden's looked to have a bit more confidence in him as the season's progressed. You know, he was very brave on him down to the last at Kempton, if you remember. Um, I think he takes all the beating in this, um, but it, you couldn't really be, you know, ever confident with him until he's over the last because he he is a bit of a chancey jumper at times.
0: Yeah, he's slightly unorthodox. I always think I feel like Harry Compton really thrives in those kind of challenges. He's very good with horses that are a little bit more tricky, and Dory is definitely one of them. That was my slight concern with him. I I I do agree with you that this race will will certainly cut up, um, and it it could be a, a small enough field. Warlord. If Pictor is a bit tricky, Warlord is very game and tenacious and a bit more reliable. Um, uh, James, I'll, I'll I'll head to you next. Um, he's the horse that you know ran a very solid race behind Edward Stone at a big big price at Cheltenham. What do you think with horses coming from a from a Cheltenham having a big run and then trying to follow up uh, quite quickly like this? Is is it something that you've always been cautious about looking at the Entry Festival?
2: Well, I think um, Willie Mullins is quite right he's not that fussed about sending horses to ancient because it is a tight enough turnaround, especially for the Irish going back across the water again. Um, we see Contezard generally have a better range than he does at Cheltenham um, on quite a few seasons. And this is a tough horse, like you say. He really does um, put himself to the sword every single time. I just thought stepping up in trip could be a, a real plus for him because his win at Carlisle when he beat Banana Drama At the start of the year, that just showed you he's full of stamina up the hill. And Everstone, that was a good effort um, in the Henry Apes staying on strongly to to just about claim second on the line. So I think stepping up a trip will suit him. He ran well in the Arkle, just wasn't quite quick enough. And I think if Paul Nichols doesn't chicken out and and switch Braidman's game away from the three-miler, because the three-miler is a lot hotter than this one, this doesn't look a particularly strong contest, to be honest. Um, I do think warlord has got a, got a fantastic chance because he's been consistent. He's not run a bad race all season. And that's actually rare for a Tizad horse because he's kind of hit peaks and troughs a little bit this year. And he hasn't. He's run to form every single time. So he's a real, real credit to the yard. And I like him as an individual.
0: He was as a, as a handicapper handicapping hurdler who was campaigned over this trip and he uh, does have winning form as well um and you know it's probably in this intermediate test is probably slightly easier as they would think they don't want to stick to those two mile races and bump into another Edward stone again and as you rightly say this this will likely um cut up and and, and not look that strong it sounds from the words from Paul Nichols that brave man's game will definitely head to the three mile race but he did want to remind, he reminded me in an interview I did with him that if he was able to have declared Brave Man's game for the uh, the two and a half mile race at Cheltenham um, back a couple of weeks ago, then he would have run him against uh, the likes of Bob Ollinger and Gallopin and Deschamps. So he's keeping all his options open now, but you know, these races are coming different uh, days and uh, the other way around. So I think he needs to commit to one and it sounds like the three mile race. Um, Tom, I'll come to you next. Um, as we've said, n- not a huge amount of depth. There are plenty of these horses that won't run. Um, where have you fallen down with it?
3: I completely agree with James. Um, look, I do respect Pete Um, He's the horse to beat. He's probably got the best form so far this year. But Paul Nichols is 0 from 13 in this race, which I thought was an intriguing stat. And also 10 of the 12 winners of this manifesto, and obviously Chase, have previously run at Cheltenham. So I do like to follow those. Horses that are coming out of the festival. Five of those winners of this race that ran at Cheltenham ran in the Arkle and were beaten in the Arkle. Wardlord fits that brief perfectly. I think the step up and trip will suit. Any rain will also suit him as well. He's uh, won on heavy ground already. So I think this is a perfect spot for Warlord. Uh, picked all he's horse to beat. But as I say, I don't like the fact that he's necessarily fresh. And if there's any rain, that won't pay to his chances.
0: Yeah, that's a really crucial point is how much rain they are getting will get will it really affect the the going it's been good to soft over the last couple of weeks it's been good to soft over the last couple of years for this festival that is going to have a big impact on uh declarations and results essentially um and as you say it's interesting that paul nichols is record in this race colin tizar won it a few years ago with finian's oscar um and he'd hope to uh emulate that the winner of the race last year though is Protectorat, and we'll get go on to the the next race we're going to look at which is the Way ball run over three miles, and that is where protect rats going to line up, which is a which is, I thought, a bit of a statement of intent from the skeletons after potentially could have been quite a, a tough race in the Gold Cup, but he's clearly come out of it well. He's 130, joint favourite, as it stands, with Clown last year's winner. Conflated, who uh, was looking to run quite a good race in the Ryanair before falling, as 4-1. to Eldorado Allen is 6-1. to Ken Boy won this race a few years ago, 11-2. Royal Pagai, 13-2. to two, Fakaduduri likely will go I'm um, pretty certain he's going to go to another race he's h1 um we've got bigger prices for the rest of that this is looking like a better race than i thought it was going to be i was slightly concerned it'd just be the clan de zobo show but protect Rat in this is good feel to it ken boy uh, if he can return to form um ross i'll come to you first because that's really what i'm thinking about ken boy he's clearly a talented horse but has he left his best days behind him
1: uh I mean, possibly he's a 10-year-old now, isn't he? So he's, he's unlikely to be improving. I just thought uh, it was notable. His single best piece of form is at this track and it's his best piece of form by a long, long way. And when you look back through, it's the only time he's run on a flat left-handed track. Every other time he's run, Leperstown, Nace, they've all got undulations to them. They might not be as stiff as Cheltenham, but they're certainly not, not flat like Aintree. Um, I like the fact he's coming here fresh. Again, he needs to get into a rhythm, a rhythm early. Um, but I thought Protectorat and Royal Pagai would have had very hard racing in the gold Cup, you know, because Apple was was home and hosed and flew up the hill. Whereas the ones in behind, they were all, you know, from second to, to fifth, they were all working hard to get that get that extra bit of prize money. So, you know, if if it rains and they water, um, Protectorat's gonna 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 love that. But the forecast does look like it's gonna be decent enough ground. Um, Ken Boy should love that I'd be interested in him at a decent price Clan de Obo looked really lifeless last time you're pinning your hopes on sounds like they're going to try blinkers instead of cheek pieces um, I would quite often like a horse having headgear for the first time I'm not sure you get a huge amount of change from cheek pieces to, to blinkers with most horses um, so I couldn't really entertain him to be honest uh, so Ken Boy for me in a in a race that will be interesting to see how the Gold Cup form holds up.
0: Yeah, I thought it looked like a pretty good Gold Cup. Um, and yeah, at that point, I thought, I assume Protector might've come, might have had quite a hard race. He had a bit of a tired last jump as well, where probably uh, the, trying to keep up with with the horses sort of came to him, but he uh, he, he rallied again. He's obviously quite a lightly raced horse um, regardless. So they're quite happy to, to roll again. Um, I just think it's quite interesting considering they're both Protectorat and Clan as a Bow, essentially owned by the same people, but they're very different trainers. So they're they're keen to take each other on. Protectorat has a fine record at Aintree. And as I said, a gallant third in the Gold Cup, he's younger. Does he have more talent than Clan uh, TC?
3: Uh, it's an interesting question. I think they're both very talented chasers. Um, I, like Ross, thought Protectorat had a hard race at Cheltenham. I thought Eldorado Allen had a hard race. I thought Royal Pagai had a hard race. And this is a race where I think, you know, paying, playing a horse who's fresh could actually uh, be the way to go. And clandozobo was my selection because he is fresh coming into the race. I like how he's been campaigned this year. Now, yes, he hasn't shown the same level of form as he has in previous seasons. He's been beaten in both runs this campaign. But I thought he ran well in the King George when second behind Tornado Flyer. Albeit he would have been third if Asturian for Falange uh, stood up at the last. And then he finished third at Newbury. That wasn't a good effort on the face of it, but he missed the fence at a crucial stage three out where this, they were just getting going. Um, he got in so tight, missed three lengths and then just was on the back foot from there on in. Um, I think he'll be freshened up primed for this event. He won it in a hat canter last year. And although I said Paul Nichols didn't have a very good record in the manifesto, he does in the Betway Bowl. He's had five winners in this race. One of them was Klandersovo last season. So I think all roads le- led towards this race from a long way out for Um, and he would be my selection.
0: He. Clearly comes into his own at this time of year as well, and uh, it, the blinkers, as, as Ross mentioned, is is something new. What do you make of switching up headgear for, to to blinkers, and does that does that give you any sort of confidence at all? That, that that's just sort of something that can that can spark him up a little bit, or how do you, how do you read that?
3: Yeah, I like first-time blinkers more. More so on the flat than over um, over jumps, but I think it's a it's a key move by Paul Nichols. Um, I prefer seeing blinkers first time than cheap pieces or visor first time. Um, I don't know. why. I think that's maybe just personal preference, but um, look, it's certainly not a negative anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I looked through this and I thought, looking back at Zobo's win in last year's race, it really wasn't a vintage renewal at all. And when he went to Punchestown, he'd be quite a a tired looking album photo. So I think that he's been, he's, he's been placed well on occasions, but this season, he just hasn't really looked as good as, as he, as he can do. And I just think maybe ages keep creeping up with him. And that's where I lay down and protect at James, but you know, it, this is the real crucial point. Has the Cold Cup taken a lot out of these horses? I adore Raw Pagai, but I don't think he'll necessarily get his ground. But I think if any horse at the age of seven, Protector App might be able to bounce all right, regardless of quite a big run last time out.
2: Yeah, he ran a cracker. I don't think Charton is his track. I thought he ran an absolute cracker in the Gold Cup, but we saw Bridget get run away with basically a whole circuit on him. Uh, when he thrashinated River. He just loves the flat track, and he was good when he beat the Shunter at the meeting last year on the back of a shocking run at Kelso where he had wind surgery in between the two runs. So he came back not exactly having the best prep going into Aintree, to be honest, last year. Yes, he's had a hard race at John, Chal- Connections aren't really going to know until he runs because he would only have barely done that much fast work since, since Cheltenham, because so obviously he's fit and well. Um, so it's, it's something that you're not going to know unless he's been really off his food and stuff at home which clearly he hasn't because they're going so it's kind of i, I can see exactly why they're going because he would be finished at the uh, end of the season and it's a nice prize clan Azabo, a beau. you're hoping that once again it is the spring that that, that brings him back because at newbury it was disappointing wasn't he behind eldorado allen it wasn't a particularly strong contest and he got beat 12 lengths the year before secret investor and you beat him a neck is easy he, is he regressing um that is the question mark because they're quite a hard life i know he's only 10 but he's been around for a long time and blinkers and cheek pieces that suggest that connections think he's getting lazier and perhaps isn't quite as good as what he was. So while protector protector he has that big question mark with the goal cut, but it was a hard race. I just think he might actually be better away from Cheltenham and in an injury season in the great light. It's a similar gap as to when he ran in the Paddy Power to, to winning uh, with Bridget back in, in December. And he, and he certainly didn't take anything out of him when he would have been hard prepped for the Paddy Power. So, I'm pretty hopeful, of Protector Act. Pretty confident with him.
0: How much would you like Bridget Andrews to be docked up?
2: Uh, to be fair, Harry did nothing wrong at um, at the Cheltenham, but the price would be would be even better, uh, <laughs> Protector Act, because what was he? He went off at four to one uh, when when he beat Native River, which was a, an amazing price. I think I tipped him at six to four when we did the podcast. He just drifted and drifted and drifted, and um, I'll say I, I like the way Bridget's quiet style really did suit him. Um, but in a, in, a, in a smaller field is what he's going to face um how he should be able to be quite patient and just pop him in his fences
0: yeah okay so for myself and james protector keen on him um TC Abo uh, last year's winner, and Ross with Kenboy, who's also a previous winner of this race. So um, I think this is a good feel to it. Um, and uh, yeah, as we say, we'll see how Cheltenham is if it's taken a huge amount out of some horses. And that goes to the same for the next race we're going to look at now, which is the Aintree hurdle, um, 330 on Thursday, run over two mile four furlongs. And here and Epiton are two to one joint favourites. Brune up a storm it is 11 to 2. Glory and fortune, 17 to 2 around nine to one Quilixos, Quilixios is ten to one. Bigger the rest as I said prices as it stand as we as we recalled this on Monday ahead of declarations. So we've got the second third fifth and eighth from the champion hurdle in the field. Epitant the extremely classy mare she gets the weight allowance all around. She steps up and trick for the first time and I suppose this is question mark with her um but she uh, didn't look necessarily like she was stopping but in general the field to the race is a lot of horses who aren't confirmed at two mile four furlongs. um Tom I'll start with you first that's probably what I was just trying to look through is horses that look like they might benefit from this step up we know that brewing up a storm definitely uh, can can run to this trip but he's had a bit of a checkered season so how, what did you think about it?
3: Yeah, it's an interesting race. I think uh, the horse to beat is definitely Epiton. The way she ran in the in the champion hurdle was arguably going towards a career best before she made that blunder at the last. However, this two-mile division, um, barring Honeysuckle, of course, um, and the novices coming through, is very weak. And I don't know whether she was potentially flattered by that. Um, Obviously, she's the horse to beat. She's the trends pick as well. With Nikki Henderson winning four of the last 10 runnings of this race, horses that were beaten in the champion hurdle also have a very good record in the entry hurdle, Um, but the step up and trip, I'm not hundred percent sure. And uh, I don't wanna be weighing in at a reasonably short price. Now I'm gonna take a chance on one, and this is probably foolish because the record of five-year-olds in this race is is absolutely miserable. Uh, It's two from 32. And I mean, if you're back in Xana here at 15 to eight, I think you need to have a second look because that would put me off that kind of price anyway but the selection is going to be Mon Morale. Uh, another for Paul Nichols. actually. Last year, Harry Cobden got off him when he won at Aintree, uh, won the four-year-old herd on, and said, this is the best juvenile hurdle herd- I've ever sat on. And he bolted clear, and he beat a good horse in Adagio as well. Decisively comfortable. There was no fluke about that performance. He hasn't been the same horse so far this year, but a five-year-old stepping into open company early in the season, not getting a, a big weight allowance is always um, a tough ask, and Mon Morale has obviously struggled in two races. I think the return to Aintree, potentially better ground, depending on how much rain falls. Um, they'll both play to his strengths. The step-up trip should be fine. Um, he's going to be my player around 8 10 to 1, but uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Epiton just won.
0: He's 9-1 to one at the moment. As you said, he hasn't had a great season. I think he was injured after the fighting fifth. I just have definitely haven't seen the best of him. It's just whether this is right for him. That's the thing. I think he's gonna be a better chaser, essentially. That's what he's gonna become next year. So this is just his final swan song and what what could be, um, uh, is quite a tricky race to work out. I'm gonna pick up on that point on Epitant staying. Um, she's a half sister, her half sister Tansy see got two and a half miles and she's actually by no risk at all, you know, the Sire of Alaho and the like. So Breeding-wise says that she can stay. And uh, it will what I thought might be interesting, I'll uh, see what you think, James is jockey bookings, because Aidan Coleman um, has uh, partnered up with her in the past, but also brewing up a storm is a, a horse that he is normally associated with. So if you if you were to pick, who who do you pick if you're Aidan Coleman?
2: Oh, epiton. Uh, massively. Uh, I was gonna say you've obviously got connections because tont CC was a furlough thoroughbred yeah we still have
0: her yeah we still have her
2: that's good yeah. news. I was gonna say you're probably gutted that you um sold her on with uh, what yeah. happened subsequently with uh, no with we're breeding page. from
0: her don't worry she's uh, she's, she's old, still she's there old,
2: yeah. but um she's st- she was much better over two and a half wasn't she and she was out of a she obviously out of an American stallion that's a sharper stallion and no risk at all so I think stamina wise pedigree does suggest she will I think you can ride a little bit more patiently the reason why she said at two miles it has been no point to step her up in trip really uh, the two mile races have mapped them out themselves and, and she's been so good in this sphere but I think there's a chance that she might even be better at, at, at two and a half uh, so I'm not concerned about the trip uh, Mon morale is interesting because TC makes a cracking point last year he looked so good, I put him up in the fight in fifth and he did come back injured but the national spirit wasn't a particularly strong race compared to the, the champion hurdle and he, he, he travelled nicely but, but finished weakly and it does suggest there might just be a slight issue, he's had a stop start year but if he ever came back to, to what he did last year when he beat Adagio he is overpriced but I do think Epitant will, will stay nicely I'm actually hopeful it will see her in even better light I thought she looked right back to her best at Cheltenham and, and she's quite hopeful for me I, I don't know if Aiden Carmel will have to ride Bruin Epistorm because he is kind of Ollie Murphy's stable jockey but if he had a choice he'd definitely be riding Epitant but um, I'm not actually sure which which way he's going but uh, for me she's, she's a clear standout
0: yeah, it's quite a tricky one. Not too certain on what the the situation is with both yards, but um, I definitely agree. I'd, I'd be choosing Epiton every day, especially with that weight pull on top of all of those points that James has made. And um, yeah, she she definitely wasn't stopping anyway in the in the champion hurdle. Um, and she just, I think this is quite an interesting and. And, and quite a nice option for her going forward um as she gets older um Ross how did you assess the champion hurdle and what you saw did you think that there was anything in there that was that shouted out to you like there's a glory and fortune as a horse a friend of the podcast that he stayed on pretty well at 150 to 1 what's saying that he couldn't enjoy a step up and trip as well
1: yeah I mean I think there's plenty that that could just take their form to another level stepping up in trip I entirely agree with what the guys say. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Epiton go again up in trip. She's being a skinny enough price. So one of those ones that could just improve for the step up in trip and arrives here fresh, didn't run at Cheltenham, is Colixios. Um, He powered up the hill at Cheltenham last year in the Triumph. Triumph hurdlers tend to be stamina horses later in their career. Um, There is a concern that Henry de Bromhead is zero, uh, 17 days without a winner zero winners this month um that's a concern but i I felt that going into Cheltenham, and he still managed to win the champion hurdle and the and the gold cup maybe a few underperformed but um i wouldn't let it put me off too much and kalixios was sort of knocked a little bit for being beaten by t-hupu in a couple of races but he was always conceding weight to him and t-hupu ended up going off third favourite for the champion hurdle now i personally thought that was a bit a bit bonkers but the form is probably better than it at first appeared um he'll arrive here fresh i'm i'm working on the base it's gonna it's gonna be nice ground he'll like that um and at a decent enough price he's one of those ones that could just improve stepping up in trip. but it's, it's a race i'll be really interested to watch but less interested to part with my uh, with my cash
0: yeah okay so 10 to 1 about quilix there's definitely best value uh, tom like mon morale nine to one i'm with james not overly inspiring especially two to one as it stands um for epiton but i think that she's uh she's the class act in the in the race and um I, I'd imagine Nico de Boyneville will be quite happy to, to get the ride um, if uh, Aiden Coleman is, does partner up Bruin up a storm. So that's the entry hurdle over two mile four furlongs. And that's the final race we're going to look at on the Thursday. We're going to head into Friday and uh, look at a couple of grade ones. Um, there's, pl- there's plenty of action, plenty of good quality handicaps as well throughout um, these, these two days. But as we're saying, uh, we're without final declaration so we're gonna look at the, the biggest the most high profile races for this podcast um but we'll look at the mild main novices chase run over three mile one furlongs uh 255 on friday and long press winner at uh, cheltenham last time i winner in a race where brave man's game was due to run um is the current 11 to 8 joint favorite with that horse brave man's game um so um well, we, we like to hope that we're going to get this uh, match off. Um, Ahoy Senor, who was a winner at Aintree, brilliant winner last year, over hurdles is 92. Gin on Lime is 11 to 1, furo 12 to 1, and it's bigger prices for the rest of them, which we can go through, if the guys have, have any big price fancies here. Um, so, we finally get to see Brave Man's game. Um, it's uh, likely if we don't get a huge amount of rain that it will be, can't think it's going to be any worse than on the softer side of good to soft, um, soft at the very, very worst. It's just difficult to know how much they'll get by then. Um, but the horse that won it at Cheltenham was L'Homprese, who's clearly the connections are very pleased by the way that he's bounced out of that race. Um, so Ross, I'll head to you first. Do you think that the, the performance you saw from Long Presse is enough for him to roll into Aintree and beat a fresh Brave Man's game?
1: Yeah, in a word. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I think I think he is comfortably the best horse in this race. You know, he won the Dipper over two and a half. He won at Sandown over two and a half. He stayed comfortably up the hill. Cheltenham I think he idled a bit up the hill as well you know I think if a had got any closer to him he'd, he'd have found plenty more again he's perhaps not as perfect a jumper as Braveman's game but he's as close as you've probably seen in the British novice ranks this year so Braveman's game isn't going to have that jumping advantage that I think he's had in his races albeit he's been impressive and I was very impressed with Brave Man's game at Newbury uh, when he beat Grumpy Charlie and, and Pat's Fancy I didn't think he would be able to do that but that form has been let down a bit. Pat's fancy was very disappointing in the national hunt chase. Grumpy Charlie was very disappointing in the, in the Ultima. Um, and I just take the opinion that Paul Nichols doesn't quite trust this horse actually as much as he voices. Um, because the ground at Chapman wasn't heavy. It wasn't desperate. He didn't want to run. I think they just suspect that he's perhaps not an out-and-out out three-miler. Kempton, a, a sharp track. Aintree's more galloping, so I would be comfortably in uh, Long Presse camp because I think he's the best horse. But also, I think it's a, a horse been really well campaigned all year. You know, he's he's turned up running a handicap, stepped him up, stepped him up. He's he's not shirked a month really, where he hasn't had a race. Um, so yeah, I I'm a big fan of Charlie Deutsch, and it would uh, round the season off nicely for me if they could win this and go into the summer dreaming of a of a gold cut from it. <laughs> don't know what to call Venetia williams a smaller stable but you get what i mean she's not she's not one of the big guns and i think if we can start spreading these races around with an affordably bought horse it's only good for the sport
0: yeah she's definitely not one of the big guns but her and christian williams have just had phenomenal seasons and really richly deserved and as you say campaigning them and not being afraid to run them lompresso has been on the go a good, well a good bit, he didn't start again until December but what since then he's just been rolling and rolling and clearly improving as well I think that's a really interesting point about Brave Man's game about whether Paul Nichols wanted to use the excuse of the ground to bypass it or he genuinely was concerned about the ground James what what do you make of that because I I see what uh, Ross's point is there and I think of anything he was fairly nervous about the track at Cheltenham and he thinks that Aintree will just suit this horse better.
2: Yeah, suiting the track better I think is definitely a good point, Bob Wollinger just left him behind in the last year at the festival, Um, I think when Venetia presses the the declare button Paul will be starting to sweat and perhaps wish he was going elsewhere but um, Picdory having such a strong chance it's going to be hard for him to to change his mind as such. But um yeah, it's it's interesting because long press say he's taking quick races, which I think is a big plus point for him bouncing back from Cheltenham. Um Venetia campaigned quite aggressively at the start of the year. It was 15 days to an extra and Ascot, and another two weeks between the Dipper. And I was quite surprised he went again and, and Venetia wanted experience. And then she didn't even give him a break to Cheltenham. She went again to land that grade one at uh, Sandown. So he's been busy and he's taken his racing fantastically well. So he's clearly a tough individual my only concern is if it's a very dry week um, and it's good ground which I don't think it will be because uh, at ancient they're very keen to, to race from good to soft like all the big festivals are that's my only negative but I think he's by far the best of the trio and he's had an absolutely fantastic campaign and, and with a horse that has had a leg injury in the past for me it's no surprise Venetia's striking while the iron's hot because there's always a big chance that a leg injury will come back again and when they're fitting well, it's easy to keep them going. It's, it's that initial build-up to get them fit. That's the hard part. And like I, say, I think he's taken his racing well and, and, and it's all pointing to a, another cracking run and it'd be a good season ender for Venetia and Charlie, as, as Ross says.
0: They're definitely making hay while the sun shines. It was a great video of him uh, turned out in his paddock, absolutely loving life, uh, kicking and bucking. So they're clearly uh, wanting to take advantage of that. Tom, on ratings, Brave Man's Game and L'Enpresse are exactly the same on 164. We've talked about this like it's a two horse race. Is that the way you view it?
3: I mean, it should be. The market's probably about right. Um, although I'd make long press a favourite over Brave Man's game. Like the lads, I think he's the most likely winner of the race. Um, I'm not too sure about Brave Man's game. The return to Aintree will suit. Paul Nichols actually was the one that wanted him to go to Cheltenham. Um, the owners wanted to go straight to Aintree. So I doubt he pulled him out because they didn't like the track. He didn't personally like the track at Cheltenham. Um, I don't buy that at all. I think he was the one that wanted to ride, uh, to run the horse there. Um, press, as I say horse to beat but you know a hoisting your you can't write off this horse I know he's not a very good jumper um and if you're back if you're backing him you're kind of heart and mouth the whole way through but that's factored into his price he absolutely smashed Braveman's game at Aintree last year there was no fluke about that whatsoever and he's what four or five times the price of Braveman's game this time around so I'm willing to take a chance on a hoisting your I wouldn't be surprised if Lompresse won and if he did arguably one of the best uh, seasons for a novice chaser that Britain's had for a long a long time. so it would be great. um but I'll take a hoist and you at the prices, just.
0: So he's ninety two. Well, I've listening to to Ross and to James, you feel you, it's difficult not to feel convinced by the case of Long presse, but I was lucky enough to see Brave Man's game last week working, and I just so taken by him. I love his the manner of the way he he works and his style of of, of running. He's uh, he seems to me a very has in his name a very brave horse. I I genuinely believe that this keeping him fresh is, would have helped him. Um, I have so much respect for Longpressay. I think he's a fantastic horse, but it might have taken this this extreme campaigning might have just taken a bit out of him and I don't think the ground will be ideal for him either um so I'm willing to to go against Ross and James and I'm gonna side with Brave Man's game um but I think it could be really fascinating I do think that they would have much preferred Venetia Williams to have given their horse a rest but she's not one for for lying down. So the Marmé Novice Chase promised to be an excellent race. Um, So those are our selections for that. Our last race we're gonna look at um, for this uh, day one and day two podcast is the Marsh Chase, run over two mile, four furlongs. Um, And we've got Fakir Dudery, last year's winner, currently the six to four favorite. Fenerable Savola is five to one, Surreal's 13 to two, All Mankind nine to one. Um, Bigger prices for the others. as I said, last year's winner Fakaduduri added another Grade One to his CV in the Ascot Chase uh, in February. He's bypassed Cheltenham, um, and even though the Ascot Chase sort of fell apart somewhat, um, you you feel like he he was definitely the classy horse in the race. Funambul Savola ran a, a belter at, at Cheltenham in the Champion Chase, and again, Venetia Williams. Very happy to roll the dice again. Um, James, what did you make of, of that run from Funnable Savola? And do you think he could reverse the tables with Vacuadori?
2: I put him up on New Year's Day, I think, in a two and a half mile handicap behind Vienna Court. And he got to two out. And for me, he didn't particularly get home. Um, I think he's run to his optimum at the minimum trip. He ran a cracker in the champion chase, the champion chase that ultimately fell apart. Uh, Jacques Boursois was still travelling well and the Patrick went when he departed Envoy Allen looked dangerous going down the hill he stopped very quickly and Anuragmin didn't really have to do a great deal to actually win the race so while he ran, ran well to finish second he could have finished fifth in, in my opinion and, and, and run to the same kind of level so I think he's vulnerable if I could do the right he's solid last year he, he was very impressive probably his career best when he won this contest on the back of a, a tough second to Alaho at Cheltenham I think Sensory Connections chose the race that he could win at Ascot. Harder work perhaps than anticipated, but I think the ground may have been soft enough for him, it's like easier surface or better surface. On Friday we'll see him in in a better light and he comes here fresh and well compared to his rivals that have had that hard race at Cheltenham. So for me, he's very, very solid and he likes the track. Penton Hills did beat him as a, as a juvenile, but um, he always goes well here and and the flat tracks suit him best.
0: Yeah, this is uh, it has, as as you're saying. This has been the earmarked for Fakir Duderi after his win at Ascot, um, which wasn't the most inspiring of races when you look through the amount of horses that didn't even complete it. Um, and this might not be the the hardest race in the world either. Um, or Ross, is there something in here that could that could land a bit of a surprise?
1: Yeah, the Pocket Rockets go royale. <laughs> um, I, I really like this horse and he's he's turning into a very consistent performer um, in the game spirit at Newbury I would be the last man to knock a jockey but I thought James Bowen made a fairly big decision as they, they turned into the first in the straight he shortened him up um, and popped and everyone else met it on a nice stride and I didn't think he needed to shorten up, but I'm not a jockey he is and I thought you put a lot of weight on, on, on decisions jockey you make and I thought that was a crucial decision, it meant he lost momentum, he lost track position, he was off the bridle much sooner in the straight which for a strong travelling horse like him isn't ideal, but he kept on all the way to the line against Foonamadus Fola, he was conceding weight, um, beaten two lengths, he stuck at it and he's always sticking at it, Cheltenham, you know, it's probably not his track, but it's not that he doesn't stay up the hill, Um, so I think he's interesting up to this trip Uh, Fakadiri is a horse I just can't warm to. I think he's not the most fluent of jumpers. He's certainly not the most consistent. Um, as you say, the Ascot race I think fell apart. Um, so at a decent price. And again, another one arriving here, here fresh, having missed Cheltenham. I, I give Sky Royale a really big chance.
0: He's 13 to 2. Uh, as you say, stepping up and trip to this two mile, four furlong distance for the first time. I heard Daryl Jacobs saying that he is one of the horses he's really looking forward to getting back on um, since his injury. And uh, he uh, he lines up here back back over fences again. He's been so versatile over both obstacles. Um, so he's uh, he's Ross's selection. Um, TC, uh, do, have you, is there anything at a bigger price that we haven't thought about at all here in what what is not the strongest of renewals?
3: No, I think this race revolves around those towards the head of the market. Um, however, I don't think the discrepancy between Fakir Duderi and uh, Frenambol Civilo is correct. I mean, when I made my market, I thought it'd be 9-4, to four, Fakir Duderi 3-1, to Frenambol Civilo, which means he has to be the bet, Frenambol Civilo. Now, this is interesting because, I mean, both the lads have picked horses that are, are coming into the race fresh. Uh, but since the inaugural running of the Melling Chase in 1991... Only two horses have skipped Cheltenham and then won this race. It's been a race farmed by horses that have run at Cheltenham previously. No horse since 1999 has won this race by missing Cheltenham beforehand. Um, so you've got to look at those Cheltenham, uh, contests for this race and Funan Nambol ran a screamer at Cheltenham. Um, he finished second behind a and he was staying on all the way up the hill as well. Drew clear of the third last year, at Aintree, he finished second to Shishkin. He wasn't beating too far there either. Just over two lengths. So his form is rock solid. Um, he comes to this race, race fit. I think Venetia Williams, as we've already mentioned with Long Presse, has campaigned her horses so well this year. Um, Bolle Civil has got to be my pick. There's no anergamine in this lineup.
0: There certainly isn't. My only concern with, with him is that he would want more given the ground as well. So that's the only reason why I didn't side with him, is that you, you'll you be hoping for a bit of rain?
3: Yeah, there's rain forecast on a couple of days this week. Hopefully it absolutely chucks it down because uh, I'll be doing the rain dance anyway.
0: Okay right well we'll see that as i said that's the only reason why i didn't go end up following Funabil Savola, because he did show what, what he can do in the champion chase, running very creditably. Again, we've used this phrase several times with these kind of races. The champion chase did fall apart as well. Um, but he ran a screamer at a, a double figure price. Um, hence why he's he comes into this off um with at five to one. He is Tom's selection. I'm gonna follow James in with Fakir Duderi. Um I think that he's he's ultimately the best horse in this race. Um, and he was pretty impressive last year. And I don't think he needs to improve a huge amount to win this year's edition um so that's it that's all the races that we're gonna have but we've had a look through for uh day one and day two the standout races As i said there's so much good quality action over um the third over thursday and friday and um, so i'm going to ask the guys for their naps and their next best which you can come from any of the races in the opening two days. Um Just to let you know that there is a new customer offer for uh, for with SBK. You can get thirty pounds in free bets by depositing ten pounds. T's and C's do apply. But yes, naps are next best for from these opening two days. Um, I'll go to Ross first and see what you have found from Thursday and Friday's action at Aintree.
1: So my nap comes in the the four o five on Thursday. Uh, the Fox Hunters. The man you want in I mean, pretty much races over the entry fences, actually, is Sam Whaley-Cohen. Jet absolutely flew for about three mile two furling on the Grand National trip last year. He loved the fences. He previously jumped well enough in the beach you're actually on ground. It was probably a bit too testing. Um, I think he's tailor-made for this. Sam Whaley-Cohen has got an, an enviable record over the, over the fences. He is mustered when it comes to this sort of test. I think they take all the beating. And then my next best comes in the first race on the Friday. The opening handicap hurdle, uh, good risk at all. Missed out at Cheltenham. Provided the ground is on the easy side of good, and I think it most certainly will be, he's still very, very well handicapped. Uh, interestingly, Benicia Williams hasn't got anything entered. Uh, Nigel Twiston-Davis has, so I would be hopeful that Charlie Deutsch uh, will keep the ride. That's nothing against Sam Twiston-Davis, but I thought this horse jumped much better last time for Charlie than it had previously uh this triple suit and I think he's still way ahead of his mark.
0: He's currently nine to one, which seems like a pretty nice price for him. Um and Jets four to one. So th- yeah, if we could follow your doubles, the the not as big a price as last weekends, but that's still pretty nice for a horse that um sorry, excuse me, good risk at all six to one. That's not still, that's still an all right price. It's Jet still four a big price one for a horse that you've been waiting for and, and hasn't been too um, hardened by the handicapper, I thought um, that that's still a nice price, as we say.
1: I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he would have, he would have been at least six to one for the Coral Cup, wouldn't he? Which would certainly be more competitive than this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. As I say, as as it stands, those are the prices. So you could get them quick quickly um, as we get closer to the action. Um, James, what what have you selected?
2: Uh, Epiton, I think stepping up to two and a half. Might even see her in a better light looking at the breeding, And I thought she looked right up to her best in the champion huddle last time. And my next best is the horse that we used to train, Duke of Bronte. Um, he was probably the best horse that we've ever trained. Um, he got a leg, unfortunately, when he ran at York behind Marmelo. He's had a few trainers since leaving us, uh, but Dan Skelton did get him to the track. Um, needed his first run, unsurprisingly, but he bolted up at Doncaster last time out. And I imagine he'll be even fitter again on the third run, uh, he's got a serious engine. He's a very, very talented in the middle. His jumping's been quite good, been quite impressive how he's jumped, um, and he is a very, very good racehorse. He's still only eight years old, and if there's a bit of rain around, it certainly would not do him any harm. So he might just be a lot quicker than some of the um, other horses in, in the three-mile Sefton. So that's Juca Bronte. I think he's currently twenty to one with SBK. So he might be a an interesting one. He's only had the two starts, and a lot of people wouldn't know much about him. But uh, he's a very, very talented horse. If he's a little bit fragile.
0: Yeah, really nice insight there. For Duke of Bronte runs in the, the Sefton novices hurdle on Friday at 4.40. And as you say, he is currently 20 to 1 with SBK. Um, so that's that from James. And for Tom.
3: Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple without knowing what the weather's going to do. and We don't have final declaration. So I'll, I'll stick to two races that we've covered already. Um, the Napis and Bowl Cibola and the Melling Chase, 3.30 on Friday. As I say, I think price is too big. He's the most solid horse in the race and he ran well at Cheltenham. And the next best is a price play, a hoist and uh, in the mild main novices chase at 2.55 entry on Friday. Um, he's a big price. Maybe he's not the most likely winner, but uh, he's definitely the value in the race.
0: Okay, good stuff. Um, I'm going to agree with James. My uh, nap is epitent as well. I think she'll, uh, she'll really appreciate the step up and trip. And she, as I said, got that £7 um, allowance as well. And um, my next best is another Sam Thomas runner, like Ross. I like um, before midnight. And uh, if that form behind and Bill Savola, as some of the guys here, believes that he's going to do well at Aintree. He was a a decent enough second to him um, at Doncaster back in January. He is definitely fresh. Um, and he is currently 9-1, to one. Sam Tristan Davis already jocked up for the Red Rum Handicap Chase on Thursday at 4.40 so um, plenty um, to, to keep everyone interested on Thursday and Friday before the big one on Saturday, we will be back with a Saturday of Aintree Festival special podcast where we will be providing our grand national selections um, I was saying um, uh, prior to this to everyone on our WhatsApp group that staying Chasers have been quite kind to us to plenty of of the of the of the team on this podcast so there's no pressure for the for the big one Um, so we will see you then uh, for the uh, saturday entry preview for sbk don't forget to like subscribe and join us again so a big thanks from me from ross from james and from tc